Hey everybody, welcome to the Full Frame uh, Podcast. Just, just, oh. uh, just uh, take, stop and take it from the top. One more time. Okay, okay, you ready? Hey guys, welcome to the Full Frame Podcast. This week I had a chance to sit down with Dave Chan and Michael Goldberg, who are both amazing filmmakers, producers, directors, writers, all in their own right. We talk all about how they got their start in the city, how they got their start in filmmaking, and uh, as well as about their latest film, Surefire, which is a feature developed from a short. So give it a listen. They have a lot of great advice. Mike, Dave, how are you guys? Great. We're great. Thanks, Zach. So um, I, want, I just want to ask both of you, um, how did you get your start in filmmaking? Um, where, where are you from first? Are you, are you guys like New York-based originally, or did you come here from somewhere? Uh, well, I started, I guess I started really in college. Um, I grew up in Indiana, and I went to school at the University of Michigan, went to college in Ann Arbor. Hmm. And when I was there... Uh, my degree was film theory and history with kind of like a, it was sort of an art, uh, art history and, and English uh, underpinning. Uh, it was sort of in this bigger department. So it was mainly studying film, mm-hmm. but like, part of it was making at least one film. Uh, so there wasn't like, at the time, there wasn't a big production program. So I did make one film when I was there and it turned out pretty well. And that was sort of, I guess, my unofficial start. That was like really the first film I had made. Mm-hmm. And I won't get too far into it, but then later that film helped me get into NYU. And I ended up going to the NYU grad film program. Very cool. And that's when I came to New York. Um, and then that, once I started making films there, that was sort of more of the official path. And I was making more and more films since then. But that was... It came out of school, basically. Okay, cool. What about you, Dave? So I have a more non-traditional uh, track. So I was an electrical engineer at first. Wow. I, yeah, undergrad, because I wanted to like, go into music, maybe use it as like a sound engineering type of thing. But, um, you know, in case you didn't know, electrical engineering is pretty freaking hard. And uh, Is it? I, <laughs> is it, though? <laughs> didn't do so well out of that. Um, so... I naturally transitioned into forensic science as a major, so I graduated. With Goodness, a, yeah, with an undergrad in uh, forensic science from John Jay here. So um, I grew up in Brooklyn. Um, okay, but um, so I was working um, in my day job near um, the World Trade Center, mm. and um, when nine eleven happened, you know, um, that was actually like. Um, it was a wake-up call in the sense that um, I was speaking to a friend and we were talking, we were having this existential discussion like, you know, life is short. Mm. Do something you love. I didn't love what I was doing. Mm-hmm. So, um, and it was he who's, who suggested, hey, let's make a short film. I was like, that's a lot of fun. Mm. How do you do that? You know? So, um, did a little research and I was like, hey, I think we need something called a script first. So, um, you know, one morning I just jumped out of bed. I had an idea in my head and I just kept writing and writing and I couldn't stop. So, and um, that, had you had any like ideas about like, f- did format like not matter? You just kind of, not at like, all, like scenes or just like no. random bits of dialogue or, yeah, it was mainly scenes. I had the ending first and, mm-hmm. um, 
yeah, I didn't care about format. Okay. It was just like I just wanted to get this on the page yeah. story. And then for the next, you know, several years, it was just more of a hobby until I got more serious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Cool. Well, um, so then, uh, Mike, what challenged you um, in NYU? Like, what did you learn there? Um, and how and uh, how long did it take you to get through the program? It takes uh, different times, you know, <laughs> to get for different people to get through. Um, uh, let's say it took a while. Okay, sure. <laughs> um, I wasn't out of there in like you know three years. I think it was like sort of essentially a three-year study program with a fourth year to make your thesis film. Mm-hmm. I took a bit longer because I had I raised money for the thesis film, mm-hmm. so I didn't just bang it out that fourth year. Um, but I learned a lot. I mean, I learned it was, you know, when I had made the one film at Michigan, um, I'd sort of cobbled together a, a crew, you know, a very small crew and went out and made this short. So at NYU, it was starting to learn more about like what are real crew positions and what do people do? And it was sharing that experience, you know, like you ended up having to crew on everybody else's film in different roles. Yeah. So collaborating together, working together, um, kind of starting to, you know, refine what you wanted, what I wanted to do too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I was drifting, you know, I, I'd always wanted to direct. So it was writing and directing primarily, mm-hmm. uh, even at NYU. Um, and then it was, I guess it was feeling more and more confident about making something bigger. My thesis film was like a 25 minute short. Wow. Um, and it felt, which is no small task. Yeah. No small task. It was, and it was all on location. Um, it was all in various locations in New Jersey and it was one of those, well, I was one of the producers as well. Mm -hmm. So it was, um, (laughs) just a lot of experience making that film. I mean, you know, driving, driving my own grip truck, um, you know, producing it, directing it, wearing all of the hats, kind of like wearing all the hats, having like a really great team though, had a terrific team. Um, but also, you know, doing a lot, doing whatever I, you know, and it was also kind of a longer shoot cause it was a longer short. Mm-hmm. So, that was just a great experience, um, um, making the raising, you know, everything from like raising the money to writing the script to making it, to getting it out there. I just felt like, and that, you know, that going through NYU was like how I was able to sort of focus that and make that happen. And I just felt like that set me up in a good way to, to keep making films once I graduated. Then also just relationships, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm still in touch with and work with people I went to NYU with. Of course. Um, a lot, some of them still in New York, but quite a few in LA. Okay. Um, so keeping those relationships going, I, yeah, I've worked with them, some folks repeatedly. Um, that was kind of, you know, that, that sort of network was a big part of it as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like just getting the nuts and bolts experience, working with people. I will say, I mean, it was like when I was there, I don't know what it's like now, but it was a very competitive environment. (laughs) I would imagine that it still is. Mm -hmm. So that was the one contradiction about NYU is while they were sort of fostering this sense of collaboration, there was an intense degree of competition. Mm. And so it sort of pulled you in two different directions. You know, you're working with these people, but you're being made to feel that you're competing with them too. So it was tricky. Mm -hmm. Film school at that time was tricky. Um, I don't know if they've if it's you know 
what I like about the film shop model, just bringing that in for a mm-hmm. moment, is it 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 does feel like it's uh, it's there is like a sense of more collaboration um, and people genuinely supporting each other. And there you felt it, but you felt it in like groups and, and clicks almost. Okay. Um, so that, that made the NYU experience. Uh, and I don't know, maybe that's a good setup for later. I, mm-hmm. I kind of hope not, but that, that sense of, of competition, you know, I guess it does kind of like toughen you up in a way and mm-hmm. kind of like, I, you know, if you're a filmmaker, you do have to have a certain degree of, thick skin and toughness uh to to do it so i think it might have been good for that but that would really be the one you know i don't know if it's necessarily a negative but a challenging part of nyu uh, that you definitely had to rise to that challenge um yeah i was just talking about a friend about it recently a classmate who i went to school with and he sort of echoed the same thought. I was like, oh, good. It wasn't just me who was like thinking that i was like oh you were feeling it too okay you know like Mm -hmm. anyway no, that's that's fascinating. I think you know, and too, as indie filmmakers, we have to form alliances to get each other's stuff made. Because I don't know, like it, when you don't have money, sometimes it's, well, I'll do you a favor if you do me a favor, or and that's not always the case. But I think like you can only you you only stand to gain from helping somebody else out with their film. So I don't. I don't know. I, I'll never forget the very first day of school of, of NYU, of film school. And some, I forget who it was, what professor it was, but they said, turn to the person on your left and now turn to the person on your right. And by the, like X amount of years from now, like only one of you is going to be essentially working in film, mm. you know? And I was like, that was the first day and it was like, Oh shit. <laughs> you know, like, okay. You know, uh, so th- that, um, and I don't know if they sort of meant it in a larger industry way or, mm. but in any event, that was like sort of, uh, startling and surprising. Yeah. Um, and again, I don't know if, if that's the first thing they say on the first day of school there mm-hmm. anymore, they might've changed the mantra. <laughs> uh, but anyway, that was tough. That was yeah. Tough. Well, and for me it was, um, like my program was in its infancy when I went to film school. So <clears throat> it was very like. Um, it wasn't for everybody. And I think like some people figure that out when they start making films, they're like, eh, maybe, maybe not like film, filmmaking seemed like the thing that I wanted to do. But when you really get down to being on set for so many hours a day or like really putting in the work, it's not just this kind of coasting thing you know you have to it's hard work there's no coasting no <laughs> and if you're and, coasting something's yeah. wrong and yeah. so like uh, by the second year a lot of people were just like mm, i switched majors i'm, I'm out of here um i think you're right there is some yeah not to just say it's a negative thing about nyu you're right there is sort there's a reality to that as well um right there is a degree of attrition Yes. Uh, and people finding out maybe that it isn't for them, mm-hmm. you know, and they, they either go through the making of a film or a program or something and they realize that. I guess it was, I took it sort of more on like the negative competitive side, but there is a reality to it as well, mm-hmm. for sure. So Dave, tell me, um, once you made your first short, um, what, where did it go anywhere? Or was it... Um, something that was just kind of a learning tool to then go, I'm going to go and make something else. Right. Um, like in the earlier shorts, um, I was more of, um, like I would just let 
uh, people, let's say people use my apartment for shooting, and then I would just hover, you know. So I wasn't officially, you know, a crew member. Mm. But, you know, I guess, you know, writers being very curious people and observant, you know, I would just, you know, pick up stuff, you know, along the way and mm-hmm. lingo and, you know, um, and all that stuff. So, I, you know, I did that for several shorts. Um, what was the experience and- of being on set uh, for your first short? Not having ever made yeah. anything, not having any like uh, experience with that yet. Yeah, you know, um, it's funny because actually the first time I was on set uh, was as a, a favor for a friend. Um, mm-hmm. He wanted me to just uh, come in and and <laughs> it was a crime drama, and he wanted me to be his uh, the mobster's attorney, and it was like just be yourself, you know, just. I just need to be in a few scenes. Mm-hmm. So you're I, acting in it. Yeah, I was acting in it. And, <laughs> um, and um, so prior to that, I'd never been on a set, and and that was cool because I really didn't know what was going on. But mm-hmm. but that from a diff- that's from a different perspective because I really I wasn't part of production or anything like that. So I was just worried about remembering my lines, you know. Um, but in terms of like just uh, more of a production or at least having a bird's eye view of the production, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was daunting, of course. Yeah, there's um, so much to absorb. Absolutely. There's so many people doing so many different things. Yeah, yeah. And, um, y- you know, you just pick up things intuitively along the way. Like it's it's very segmented, you know, uh, a film set. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, I'm sure... You know, uh, the more Hollywood stuff, is, and you know, if you have unions, you know, that's going to be extremely segmented. Mm-hmm. And it can get territorial, you know. But on a indie film set, there could be a bit of that. But also, I think everyone pitches in a lot more. Totally. I'm, I'm sure they do. Much more, more amiable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you wear a lot of hats, like Michael said, and you just kind of have to. Mm-hmm. Um, and just going back to your point of, um, you know, our strength is not having like a lot of money. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's just having resources in terms of uh, help you mm-hmm. know, from friends and allies and, you know, colleagues. So um, and you have to use that to your advantage, mm-hmm. you know. So, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's I think the biggest thing that I took away also is um, just working um, on all these sets is just it's about teamwork. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know. Michael, like, hear me say it all the time. It's all about the team, you know. So, like, I always believe, you know, the the film is just this big organism, and mm-hmm. we all just contribute to keeping it alive, you know. So, um, we're all important. Like, all every one of us on the set, uh, in post, you know, before raising money, we're all a team, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, even you know when you go into your your feature and you you hire your attorney. They're a part of your team. Your PR people are a part of your team. So um, you have to go in with that mentality because you can't make a film on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to really um, embrace it, you know, and be grateful for that, that, mm. you, that you know, you hire really great people and uh, they support you and you support them. Um, so <clears throat> I want to get to where you guys met. But before that, um, uh, Michael, after you graduated... Um, was it immediately, um, like I need to get a job in the industry or was it, uh, for you, was it like, uh, I'll just pay the bills with something else and do film, 
films that I want to do and just write and direct stuff? Uh, it was kind of a combination of both. Okay. Um, it started off getting jobs in the industry. I did everything from work on set to work in the production office mm-hmm. to reading scripts and was a script consultant for a while and did a lot of those jobs, some for some bigger companies and got to the point where I just felt a little burned out mm-hmm. and I wasn't uh, working on my own stuff as much. And I did start to feel like I'm working a lot on other people's movies and I wasn't writing enough. I wasn't making enough stuff. And that's when I switched and I was like, I th- I'm just going to get a job doing something else and then focus on my own stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I sort of transitioned at that point into doing that. Um, and then started writing more, started making more films again, uh, shorts, um, and then also web series, shot a few commercials, but that sort of, that gave me the freedom and the flexibility to do it then. Mm-hmm. Very cool. And then, and Dave, as were you just um, jumping into other shorts or um, uh, what led you to become like a producer? Was it just uh, being on set and realizing that you filled that niche very well from your technical background or was it something else that, that led you to that? Yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely come from a writing uh, background, mm-hmm. you know, rather than um, when, you know, starting off hey, I want to be a producer, I'm going to start as a PA, work my way up. I didn't, I didn't start that way. You mm-hmm. know? So um, I came in just from a writing perspective. Um, basically, I guess as a writer, um, I feel like, or I, I've read um, just a lot of articles and stuff, how you know, they can get the shaft you know, in Hollywood mm-hmm. because you know, once you sell your script, you have no control over it. You know? Um, um, and that's just the business, you know. Hmm. And I guess uh, that stuck with me because, like, I wanted some control, some creative control o- over how it would turn out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, yeah, it, I kind of just fell into it a bit um, slowly because I had helped out a friend um, in post, and uh, I knew nothing about post at that point. But, you mm-hmm. know, I, I just jumped in and... Um, it was interesting. It was very interesting. And, um, it's its own animal. Yeah. And also even like on the business side, because we had to raise money for the post, Mm -hmm. you know? And, um, I mean, he was a good teacher in terms of like, um, um, raising money. He was, he was a great salesman. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He is a great salesman. Um, so I learned a lot in that respect, you know, and also just the intricacies of, of post and just, that was daunting, you know? Like, not just be on a set, but also, you know, dealing with all the different teams in post uh, and the workflow. Um, and I figured, you know, I, I dig this. I like it. So, uh, you know, let me transition more into, like, the the pre-production stuff, you know. Um, I started, I guess, reading articles about, you know, raising money, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have a finance background, so uh, that's a foreign world to me, mm-hmm. you know. But... Um, it's part of the process and you have to do it, you know, if you want to be an indie filmmaker from the ground up, you just have to do it. Um, and, uh, you just got to jump in, you know, with both feet and, um, it's, it's like, you know, 
when I read Lord of the Rings, right, for the first time, Tolkien throws out all these names at you. Mm-hmm. Uh, the names of the cities and the worlds and, you know. And it just hits you like a, like a blizzard. All these terms and names. But you, want, you have to accept it. Just stay with it. You know, it'll pay off. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how um, I guess I approach a lot of stuff that I learn. It's just I, I don't know what these terms mean. I don't know what this means. But you know what? Just accept it and um, just keep learning. Just, just you know, just... Tolkien model for life. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I agree with the first this. time yeah. I heard this. I like yeah. this. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and just, like, you know, just power through, and it'll pay off in the end, you know. Um, but, yeah, I think it was more about um, wanting to be more of a creative producer because I would have control over my scripts okay. more, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So then at what point did you guys meet? You're both here. You're in New York. You're making things. How did, how did that happen? We met at a uh, producing workshop, a uh, feature film producing workshop, Ella Tier? Tier. Tier, right? T-H-E-I-R, I think. I-E-R. I-E-R. I always get that messed up. Trying to give her a plug. Just walking all over. She's great. Ella has a lot of workshops. She's great. She's also a filmmaker. Cool. Working filmmaker. In New York? Here in New York. Very cool. She's another one of those great uh, connectors I've found in New York, like Film Shop, mm-hmm. and, and a lot of filmmakers I know in New York through her workshops as well, including Dave. Very cool. And it was a feature film producing workshop several years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and Dave and I met there and hit it off. And it was, uh, it was about a year later when we really connected. Um, I think we may have kept in touch, but then it was about a year later, I was starting to put together What's Eating Dad, mm-hmm. uh, the short film that, uh, that we did. Mm-hmm. And I had written the script and I was looking for a, basically looking for a co-producer to come on board. And so one of the first places I started was reaching out to everybody who had been at that producing workshop. Mm-hmm. And... Dave was the only response. <laughs> was I the only response? <laughs> so he got the job. <laughs> You're hired, kid. <laughs> uh, it was, it was, but it was the it was the best response. It was the only response, but the best response. And actually, I was really glad that you responded. I mean, I I connected with other cool. people in there too, but I was like, yes, Dave. I kind of felt like you and I had I had connected the most with you in that workshop. Yeah, we were talking about comedy. We were lot. talking a lot yeah. about comedy. Yeah. Um, and I was talking about some of the stuff I was doing. You were talking about some of the stuff you were doing. And I, when I was going out to make What's Eating Dad, I, I, just, I didn't want to produce it on my own. I just didn't want to wear all the hats. Mm-hmm. And I really did want to bring somebody on board. Um, so then Dave, Dave said yes and officially came on board. So that's how we got connected initially. Cool. What was the process of uh, getting What's Eating Dad made? Uh, well, Michael had written the script, mm-hmm. and um, at first he had sent, I think along with that email, just the synopsis, like a log line, and I loved the idea. I was like, yeah. holy shit, yeah, let's do this. So, um, And for those who haven't seen it, it's about uh, the zombie yeah. zombie dad. I've seen it. It's a, I don't want to miss pitches, so you guys pitch it. It's, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Uh, yeah, it's, it's about a, a young woman who meets her boyfriend's parents for the very first time. Mm-hmm. And she's just nervous as hell. She wants to cook the best dinner for them, make a great first impression. But 
His dad's a zombie. Okay. So, yes. Yeah. <laughs> zombie dad. Sorry. <laughs> uh, you can you can see it on Amazon Prime. Everybody. That's right. Very Amazon cool. Prime. What's eating dad? Very relatable. We've all had some. <laughs> no, I love that. So so what was uh, the first step to getting that one made? You had the script, right? And then... The script. Um, yeah, I loved uh, just the synopsis of it, and um, then Michael sent me the script, and I loved the script. I mean, I, I barely had notes for that. Hmm. Like, oh, uh, maybe like this dialogue, or just like change, you know, the order of the scene. That was it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, I want to do this, you know. Um, so right after that, um, uh, we just had production meetings. Yeah, I remember like one of our first meetings was, uh, you know, like in South Park Slope area, um, at a cafe that's no longer there. I think so. that's <laughs> important. Note: Dave and I both live in the South Slope, so when yeah. you're collaborating with people, it helps to live near them too. Live near Absolutely. them. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. yeah, having right. all my, most of my filmmaking friends live in Brooklyn, and me live in Washington Heights. It's yeah. kind of like living. I mean, it, it, they're different cities. You know? How do you get people yeah. to work with you? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe that. No, um, we, we meet halfway. <laughs> <laughs> well, or you can start a film shop, Washington Heights chapter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how long did that take to come to fruition? What's Eating Dad? It was, I remember we, we sh- <laughs> it's another one of those where like, it took about a year. Okay. Uh, well, no, we, when, when Dave came on board, we shot it that summer. Mm-hmm. I remember we shot it. It was, it was only a two-day shoot, long two days. We actually shot it at David Powers' place, who does the Surefire podcast with us. Cool. Um, he worked on that film as well. Um, I think he was the AC on yep. that film. Um, and then two-day shoot, but it took a while to edit. We actually, it was one of those. We started with one editor, if you recall that. We had, a, right. we had one editor who worked on it for a little while, he had to take off. We transitioned to another editor who was working on it but was in really busy, and we were just sort of editing it piecemeal. Essentially, like, the film would have been done faster, but we were... It just took time, essentially, and, and other people's schedules to, like, really pull it together. So it ended up taking about a year for us to finish the film. And then we hit the festival circuit, I think, like, September of the following year. Um, and... Uh, and it played quite a few festivals and it played quite a while. So I ended up having like a nice long festival run, but yeah, it was a two day shoot <laughs> from a two day shoot to a year to finishing it. What were sorry, were you going to add something? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, Michael brought up a good point, um, in that it took uh, a little longer than we expected to finish post, you know? Um, but you know, when I was in, um, in my screenwriting classes, uh, we had one discussion about production, and <laughs> we had one uh, discussion about production. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's the triangle, and a lot of people know this. It, it's quality, and on the three points, you have quality, cheap, and time. Mm-hmm. You can only really have two. Correct. Yes, so, sir. we had time. You know, we. You know, we didn't want to spend years on it, you know, but we had some time, Mm -hmm. but we didn't, we couldn't pay people a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Um, But we wanted quality, right? So it was like uh, cheap and quality, you know, were uh, our mandates. So then, you know, time would then suffer a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's a very important point because um, 
when you're making production decisions, I think it's always nice to go back to that and just remind yourself, you know, uh, remind yourself and your team, this is what we got to work with. Mm -hmm. You know, what are our priorities? Priorities, very important in making the decision. So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I shot a short back in October and I gave it to my sound mixer maybe within a couple weeks because I, I cut it myself. And I was like, what do you think of this? And like, let's talk about it. And uh, he had plenty, plenty of ideas, but he was in the middle of just like three or four other shorts. So I was like, I really wanted to have this done by the end of the year. But like, sometimes it's just like, I can't pay you that much. So like, tell right. me when you're free. Like, right. you know, and then, you know, it came out in, or it's, it was finished in March. But like, that's not like too too much time right um but uh that was me like asking him are you, are you free this weekend <laughs> are, are you free next weekend right um and just having to say like okay it's fine like on your schedule mm -hmm. yeah. absolutely that's what we did too and I, not begrudging at all but like yeah people are working no, people have other commitments and everyone a, a lot of folks worked on what's eating dad and some of our other shorts for free pro bono mm -hmm. so it's really you know we're grateful and then you're you're just on a shared timeline and that is the way it is you know you're trying to hit certain you don't want it to drag on forever so you're trying to have some sort of semblance but you have to be more flexible mm -hmm. under those conditions for sure um the other thing i was going to mention you were just just i guess broadly asking about how did it come together yeah, and how please. did we do it um, it was the first time we had worked together. Right. And so I, you know, I had made, uh, you know, several other shorts essentially. And I think, it, and I'd already done a web series prior to that, but I think it was like really the first thing, like you had sort of jumped on board soup to nuts, right? like from the beginning. And I wondered how that was going to play out. Mm -hmm. Um, but it, it was smooth. Like I remember we both, uh, were doing like producing and pre-pro, Yep. But then once we, the closer we got to production, the more it just became you producing until it was on set. And it was pretty much just you producing. Mm -hmm. And I was able to just just direct. And then once we went into post, it was back to the two of us producing it again. Um, but I thought it went really well. Yeah. Um, and it was very smooth. And I wasn't, I wasn't stressed, you know, like just on a personal level. You know, I was wondering, like, how is this going to work? And, and, but it worked out really well and kind of seamless. Cool. And the other thing was just like, who did we bring on board? It was a lot of people who we had, or at that point, it was a lot of people who I'd worked with before on other shorts uh, or on a web series. Um, but we also still reached out to like, and you also brought on some people that you knew. So it was kind of like reaching out to the best people that we knew who could either work for, <laughs> for free or for very little. Totally. Um, and it's hard to get those people sometimes. And you can, you know, you can call in favors, but then, you know, at a, a certain point after a while, it kind of gets hard to call in favors. Mm -hmm. But at that point in the stuff we were doing, it was still possible. Um, it gets harder and harder to do that. Um, Definitely, yeah. but, uh, we did, we ended up with a great crew, um, and we had a great experience and we just, and we collaborated really well. We learned yeah. like, Oh, okay. We can, we can work together, mm -hmm. uh, and work together well. Yeah. And to piggyback off of that, um, uh, I've mentioned to Michael this on, on all our projects, basically, um, you know, uh, we would produce in the in the uh, development and pre-production stages. But once we get closer to production, um, I, I do not want Michael producing, you know, when he's on set. 
you know it's mm -hmm. just about directing like you know think about your shots you know hang with your dp and talk shots you know um rehearse with your actors you know and that's um and then when you're on set you know just like you know let the production team handle problems and issues and stuff like that if we need to pull you in for a creative uh issue then you know we do that but mm -hmm. um yeah i would want michael or you know or any director you know that i'm producing for to just focus on directing you know um the actors just focus on acting you know um i think that's largely one of the biggest tasks for a producer like you know i just want to support my team especially my director you know well and especially in indie films where yes. you may not always have um now i know surefire had one and probably others did too but sometimes you don't have an ad sometimes you don't have these kinds of and they're not even like commodities they're like essential roles but you may not even be able to find or have some or pay somebody to do that so like I mean, for I, I have to self-AD sometimes. And luckily, like, if you prep, sometimes it's, like, it's easy going. But then th there's other times you're like, well, shoot, like, we don't have, like, a... We can't distinguish between a grip and an AC. It's... They're both. Mm -hmm. Like, um, so... But but it's very not... It, like, that's great indie producing is to just say, all right, don't worry about it. Like, go and just do... do you do you. Right. <laughs> I'll figure the rest out. Yeah. Um... And that, and that that's great, like to be able to have that. What's I, w I was going to ask? Um, what's the distinction for you, both as a writer and director? Where do you leave the script, or are you making changes with your actors on the day? Um, I mean, you're always you're you're always kind of writing, you know. Mm -hmm. Even directing is writing, and so yeah. I mean, things are always. I always feel like no matter how good you get the script, you know, you're always still still working on it. Like you're mm -hmm. working it out with the actors, uh, then you're working it out in the editing room, and that's another revision. Totally. So it is like you have the script revision, and then you're done with the script, and then you're on set, and then you're writing it again, or you're making changes on the fly, mm -hmm. and then you're in the editing room, and the, and the thing is changing again. The film is changing again. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, I try to like, I mean, I think it's really important to have a good script. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. I think it's, it, it, it's, it's better if you have a great script. Um, it's, <laughs> it's, you basically want to have the, the goodest, as good a script as you possibly can yeah. going in. And then that gives you the confidence and the freedom and the flexibility to make changes if better suggestions come along. Mm -hmm. And so as a director, you have to be open to that. I mean, just one instance on What's Eating Dad, I remember there was a moment where we had, the scene took place over a couple different locations in this apartment. It was like both in the kitchen and then coming out to the living room and there was extra dialogue to get them from one place to another. And when we were there, the actor said, hey, why don't we like, you know, scratch those couple of lines and just do the scene here. And as a director, you just have to, you have to know the script well enough and the whole sort of everything enough to be yeah. able to be like, that's a great decision. We can just shoot it from here. We can scrap that. We'll move faster. We were a bit behind on time during the day. So right. anything we could save. So it was like done, that's done easy. So yeah. So you're, you're kind of constantly reworking the script slash film. Mm-hmm. Where does, uh, for, um, maybe this is a question for both of you, but like, where does improv come in? I know since these are mostly comedies, 
uh, that you guys are working on, maybe all comedies. Um, <clears throat> what, uh, how does that factor in for you? There, there really isn't a lot of improv in the stuff that we've done. Okay. There has been some, but it's been done in rehearsal and then incorporated into the script. Okay, I love that. Like the traditional way yeah. that... Yeah, like with, and really, we did some on Surefire. We did some, the one I can specifically remember is during the, um, some of the actors ad-libbed in rehearsals, Mm -hmm. you know, tweaked some lines, added some nice punchlines, and we were like, great, we're going to put those in the script. Mm -hmm. And And they're all really sharp. Like, all of them are so sharp that when you see them, it it all just kind of comes off the cuff. Yeah. Um, It didn't read like it just wasn't, you know... I would say like, but even with Surefire, it was mainly scripted. Okay. Um, I, 95% of it is scripted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they came up with uh, a few lines here and there that were great. You know, we don't want to say like, no, that's not in our script. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, that, that's the line's funnier now. Or that's a more real moment. Or, oh, okay, that's a different side of the character. We need to see that too. Then even with some of the, we had the screenwriter sequence, the screenwriter interviews. Mm-hmm. And we, that was the one place where we felt like it could afford. We're jumping films, by the way, guys. Yeah, We've gone from say, What's we'll Eating get, Dad we'll back to Surefire, if you're following. <laughs> um, so in there, yes, we did. Like, actually had rehearsals specifically to kind of flesh it out more. So I had the actors read together, and I was encouraging them to come up with new lines. That's cool. And then, and then they did. And then we actually like changed the scene because, or one of the characters, we were like, let's use those lines. And then even on the set, it's been one of the few times on the set too, where like having actors do it different ways because things have been pretty pretty tightly scripted, as we're saying. But with Surefire, there, especially that screenwriter sequence, yes, we did have them like do line variations. We mixed it up a little bit. Um, but it was still very controlled. It was like, it wasn't like, just say anything. It was like, okay, you know the character, you know this. From this, improv. Um, but it wasn't that much. Um, but the stuff that we did get was great and made things better. Yeah, and that says a lot about collaboration too, especially in indie world. You know, mm-hmm. um, I we we value collaboration. So it's um, you know, from anyone who has a great idea, you know, and uh, we'll take it into account for sure. We'll definitely consider it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, we're open minded. So, and just personally, as as a writer, I'm totally cool with if someone else comes up with a better line than what I wrote. Yeah, freaking use it. You know, as long as it doesn't change the, the character's story and, you know, tone, mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm totally cool with it. You know, it's all because at the end of the day, it's all about the project. The project takes precedence. You know, it's about the project. It's not about my ego, anyone's ego, you know. So um, and it goes back to, you know, collaborating as a team, working towards this goal, making the best film possible. And that's what it's about. So. Definitely. Yeah. Well, um, since we did jump films, I want to take a, a step back. Was Surefire wasn't the next thing you worked on after What's Eating Dad, was it? Okay. What was the next project? We did um, we did a film called Rye Manhattan was next, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, did you workshop that? No, didn't. No. That was a um, – yeah, we can kind of like <laughs> – I don't know how long you want to stay on all these shorts, but um, – any lessons, anything you guys okay. learn together? Like, um, sure. If you guys, even if you just want to broad stroke that, sure. that's fine with me. I mean, the, the, f- 
myself, speaking for myself with Ryan Manhattan, that came about through the Iron Mule Comedy Film Festival. Mm -hmm. They do an audience film where they pick a name, they pick an audience member's name out of a hat. People shout out crazy ideas. Um, so part of that festival, besides just submitting, having a, a comedy film and submitting it, each month they do this. Who wa- it's called Who Wants to Be a Star Film. Hmm. So you get a, a random title of a film that gets thrown out by the audience and then they pick an act, they pick a person who's there to be in it um like the audience comes in and if you want to be in a movie put your name in a hat and during that festival that month's festival that person gets to star in that movie so what they do sometimes is when that happens you get a you get a name of an actor you get a title of the film it has to be i think less than five or seven minutes yeah like six minutes it's um, like a film like one of those 72 hour which films we also right. did but it's kind of like that it's sort of like the 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 30 day film project you basically have a month to make this film and it, it, basically the name the name has to come up during the the film someone so. has to just, like say it yeah so, <laughs> someone just yells it from the audience and somebody yelled right somebody yelled Ryan Manhattan and then Matt Cohen who who Luckily, it turned out is actually a comedy writer and actor was Very who put cool. his name in the hat, whose name got chosen. So we got Matt and we got uh, Ryan Manhattan and and then Jay Stern, who runs the festival. He'll reach out to directors who have screened some at Iron Mule before because mm-hmm. he, he tries to pair people up that he thinks might be a good combo together. So he reached out to me and said, do you want to make this film? Ryan Manhattan, this guy, Matt Cohen, he's great. He's funny. So I said, Dave. So then I reached out to Dave. Dave, do you want to come on board and we'll do another short together? And then the great thing is we'll only have a month to make it. Turns out we really only had two weeks to do it because I was like out of town for right. two weeks. So it turned into the two-week film, <laughs> um, which was a great challenge. So No doubt. We then just had a title, Matt, two weeks, and take it from there, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, Ryan Manhattan, we were just throwing ideas across, you know, and um, I think we, we both thought of, you know, rye, alcohol, bar, like something about a bar. Well, right? I will say, I'll, I'll throw in two more cents. I was doing a lot of dating at the time. Oh, okay. Doing a lot of dating. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was on the apps doing the dating, and uh, just... I wouldn't say misadventures, but just like wasn't really out. connecting, uh, wasn't really connecting. Um, and so then was also doing a fair amount of drinking in the process. Nobody can connect with the story. No, I know this is totally unrelatable. So it was going to bars, having dates, drinking, having more dates. And I was just like, I feel like we should, that's what we should. It's Rye, it's Manhattan. We should do something about guy on a date, you know, doing a lot of drinking right, <laughs> or a series of dates. Like that's kind of where it started. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, I guess I had, uh, I guess some sort of inkling for the structure. I, I, so I ran home, I, I wrote it and I sent it to you and, um, and then we passed it back and forth a few times. Um, but what? I, I think we settled on the, we did come up with a general overall thing together, yeah. which was, it would basically be a guy is supposed to meet his date in a bar called Rye Manhattan, and it turns out he's in the wrong Rye. He's in the wrong bar called Rye Manhattan or right. Rye something. And that would be the basic idea is that then he'd have to get from one bar to the other bar on the other side of the city. And we even, I think, started talking about After Hours, the Scorsese film, like being mm. an influence, yeah. like... 
And then, yes, then you started fleshing out more of a structure. But that was like the right. overall thing we came up with. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think it, maybe it was like five or six minutes or something like that. So um, I had written sketches also. I'm taking sketch class, you know. Okay. So I'm like, oh, man, five minutes. It, it just felt like a sketch to me. So mm-hmm. I wrote it um, as a sketch. I mean, it, it could have uh, stood on its own as a short as well, too. But... Uh, Michael is actually um, talking about the script with our lead actor, Matt Cohen, and they came up with the idea, like you came up with the idea of having it circle back, you know, to the bar. It started in the bar, and which is great because now you have like a bookend, you know, and it's more of a complete short rather than a sketch, hmm. you know, so, um, which is, you know, that goes and back to less collaboration. Locations. Well, it still had a lot of locations. Yeah. <laughs> it did. It, it's like, oh my god! Because he had like, to go to other bars. Oh yeah. And then he had to, you know, it was it was basically tracking his mad journey, getting from one bar to another bar on a completely different side of New York City. Mm-hmm. So he we had a lot of locations. <laughs> I think we had like we had stuff that didn't go into the final cut, and it was like probably like ten locations, like ten meeting. Like goodness, yeah, we were in a park, but then we moved company moved to another part of the park. Mm-hmm. You know, and that stuff we didn't even keep, you know. How big was that crew? It was pretty oh, light. It was small. Yeah, very it must light. Have been. It was very light. Yeah, I had um, to AD Especially on with it. such yeah. short notice. Like, Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, we had two weeks to pull everything together. Right. Uh, and we pulled a great team together again, but we knew we had to be way lighter than even What's Eating Dad. Yeah. Um, we had a lot of location. It was ambitious for just two days shoot. Right. We got lucky that it didn't rain. It was on a June, I remember a June weekend, and we just got lucky that we had two more or less sunny days um, and got away with everything. Yeah, it was just basically, you know, run and gun. Yeah. Boom, okay, you know, we're done, let's move on. I think that, I mean, the learning was, like, how to do a a short really quickly. Yeah, I was going to ask. That was basically the main thing was, like, I remember I location scouted in one day. You know, I location scouted and picked all the locations literally in one day and then went back the next day with you. (laughs) It was just like, okay, here, 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 here. And then, and getting the talent, you know, just everything in the crew, just everything was like fast. We have to do this fast. Um, I remember even in the bar, like just, just kind of barely getting what we needed (laughs) each time. (laughs) It was kind of like, gotta go, gotta go, gotta go. Goodness. Um, so it was kind of stressful, but it was fun. Like everybody had a good time. I think making that movie, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. And everybody was very committed. I remember even the, you know, it was this iron mule, you know, contest movie that I think a lot of people just sort of treat in just sort of a very off the cuff way, but we took it very seriously. Totally. Yeah. And we were making the best film that we could under the circumstances. Mm-hmm. So for us, it was another short. Um, and everybody kind of rose to the occasion and treated mm-hmm. it that way. So it was like, we may only have two weeks, but we want to make this one count. We want to make it funny. Mm-hmm. Um, so everybody, 110%. Uh, it was great. Yeah, yeah. We were schlepping uh, our props, like from location to location. I was carrying your huge Ikea bag and like all this stuff in there. I still have it, by the way. So oh, I never need it back. And it's, Those bags are great. Yeah. Oh, I was awesome. looking for that the other day. <laughs> um, will you ever do it again? Well, ironically, we did. We, you gave, did. Our, we gave ourselves even less time. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, to, to fast yeah, forward yeah. even more, one of the other shorts we did, uh, was that the only other one we've done? That, oh, no, then we did Surefire. But then, right, Surefire. I guess to, we, can, we can go back to Surefire, maybe talk more about Surefire. But the other similar film we did is mm-hmm. The Break, 
that we did last summer, and that was a 48-hour film project film. Okay. And we, so we did that in literally two days. So two weeks was a luxury. Um, no kidding. This Those was are no joke. This was, this was even more intense. Um, and obviously just, we had to do, I'll let, I'll let Dave dive in, but we, um, to kind of explain how it worked, we, I'll set it up. We, I was, uh, Janelle Tedesco is an actress who I had met at the Queens world film festival last year. She was there with a film of hers called stunt mom. We were there with surefire and we really hit it off and she really liked surefire a lot. And, and wanted to work with me on something. And then she had heard ironically through the iron mule comedy film festival, cause they also promote the 48 hour film project. Very cool. And she heard them talk about it and then she reached out. It was coming up in like maybe a month or two and said, do you want to do one of these with me? You know, my only uh, conditions are I get to act in it, star in it, and I want to be a co-writer on it and, you know, take it from there. And I was like, okay, so I, I then made the familiar call to Dave. <laughs> Dave, do you want to be? Do you want to be? A, do you want to do this with me? <laughs> Dave was in. Um, so three stipulations on top of whatever other stipulations you will get on the day that you get the competition. So right. So then it was. So then we knew the ground rules going in were, um, you're gonna we're gonna find out what genre film this is that night of the festival, which is right. on a Friday night. You, we'll find out the genre. We'll choose our own genre. We'll we'll choose a genre out of a hat, and we knew there would have to be a certain prop in it uh, that we had to have. Uh, that there would be a, a certain line of dialogue mm-hmm. that would have to be in it verbatim, um, and it had to be under I, I think seven minutes again. Yeah. And that's all you know going in. You know that. So you have to start. It's hard to plan too much, but you have to plan some things. Like you have to have reached out to crew. Definitely. You have to have at least locked some kind of location down. Um, Actors as well. You have to have some people standing by. Um, So, But in terms of a story, you could have ideas for a story, but they have to be flexible. You can't write anything down either. Uh, you can't. It, it's hard to write something down not knowing the genre. Mm-hmm. So we just, anyway, that's how it started. And then the closer we got, we were sort of building it and sort of in pre, like pre-pre as we went along. And then, um, yeah, take it over. Yeah, and the crew actually, uh, we've never worked with anyone from that crew before at all so oh, in post we did in post but right we brought on the post po- we brought on the our editor and composer who we've worked with several times cool. right so onset crew is all new and uh i guess you know going in i, I thought wow this this could be very cool or just the very opposite but of I, that. but and they usually are quick caveat though they were people a lot of them were people we had wanted to work with yeah yeah they were they were That's friends right. and colleagues and mm-hmm. We knew their work, and yeah. <laughs> so it wasn't just reaching out to anybody. Yeah. It was people who we had actually wanted to work with. Right, right, absolutely. So, I mean, uh, yeah, it, it, hiring is such a huge part, you know, of uh, of that process, of the filmmaking process, and you got to hire people you trust. Definitely. And um, and if it's someone new, then you just got to vet them. Like really well, and, well, yeah, and I got a yeah. piece of advice recently um, from a filmmaker on Twitter, actually, uh, who said like, uh, "Cast or hire your crew like your like as strenuously as you cast your film." 
which I think is really interesting. And I don't even know how I would go about doing that, but it seems like you guys are putting something like that into practice. Basically casting your crew as well. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. It's, um, so, you know, once your productions get bigger and bigger, um, you know, you, you shouldn't micromanage like, that's probably the one of the worst things you can do as a producer or a manager, you know, supervisor. So what you do is you hire your department heads who you really trust and vet. Um, because they're going to be doing a lot of the hiring in their own departments, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, they can run it by you, sure, you know, but you don't want to be on set worrying about, you know, the department heads and their hires, mm-hmm. right? So um, if there are any issues, you just go to the department heads. Those are the folks you hired, you know, and you believe in them. And that's why they're on the set with you. Um, so a lot of it is a bit of a leap of faith, you know, faith in your own abilities, you know, to choose the right people. So um, don't don't drive yourself crazy hiring every single person, you know, and vetting every single person. Um, basically delegate mm-hmm. in that respect, right? So because um, you can't do everything, right? Um, even the best producers don't can't do everything. The best filmmaker can't do everything. So you have to put faith in the people and trust into the people you, that you hire. So um, and to um, uh, another point about that is, I'm all about pre-production. I'm all about prepping and having backups. So I mean, so it, it's steps, right? The whole filmmaking process. Write a kick-ass script. You know, do whatever you have to do, write it, rewrite it a hundred times to get to that point where you can't really rewrite it anymore um, to make it any better, you know, in, in your eyes, right? Before you go to development, mm. you know, and, and pre-production, you know, and spend time in development um, uh, talking it over, you know, with folks that you hire, you know, like if you're going to be hiring, um, like if I had a script and I had to hire a director, you know, I would want to make sure I'm hiring the right director for this script. You know, I don't want to hire a horror guy for a comedy, you know, or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like a strictly horror guy, you know, who only does that. Um, and then from there, you go into pre-production and hire your department heads, you know. And then just like when you have locations, have backup locations, you know, and um, just have backups to everything. Um, because shit will happen, shit will hit the fan, mm-hmm. and you want to be as prepared as possible on the set. Um, you can't prepare for every contingency, um, and that's when improv, from a producing standpoint, you know, kicks in. But at least you know, you go in with a little bit of confidence, saying, "If this shit happens, I'm prepared. If that happens, I'm prepared. Mm-hmm. At least you know, I think I am." And then, so in terms of the process of the uh, of the film, you know, once you've done your due diligence in the production principle stage, that'll carry over to the post. And it's like if you get, you know, all your shots set up and hopefully get all the shots that you need, then it makes your post guys' jobs easier mm-hmm. and your job easier as a as a director and creative producer. You know, okay, great. I'm so glad we had enough coverage on this take, you know, blah, 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 you know, so we don't have to reshoot, you know. Um, and 
so my basically my original point is just it be prepared because even from stage one like even when you write the script it carries through and you got to do your due diligence at each step so that it doesn't negatively affect the next so mm-hmm. well i was going to ask um did doing these um very quick turnaround projects uh inform surefire at all um that i think that plays a lot into it what you were just saying but uh was there anything additional you wanted to add that maybe like um did a did you have your first pick of locations or did you have to use a backup or w- did anything inform uh from these short turnaround projects to surefire was there anything that you guys learned that you took into it um, well, we made the break after Surefire, so the forty-eight hour film we had made afterwards, ah, yes. um, which on a on a director level, I just found uh, a good. It was a great challenge, and it was exciting to be able to have to like really direct on the fly because there wasn't any prep time. You know, I didn't even walk through the location with the DP prior. Um, we had to spend just spending a little more time on that film. Before diving into Surefire, we didn't have time to walk through the location because we were staying up, we were staying up Friday night just to write the script. So walking onto the set Saturday morning with no shot list and having not walked through, not rehearsed the scene, blocked the scene, shot listed it all, it was a great challenge in just like having to figure everything out in the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, it was a bit stressful, but it was a it was a good challenge. And you kind of get into the groove of it as the day goes along. Like, we don't have time to really think about it too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just have to keep moving. Um, and it's a one-day shoot. Um, so that was a really good experience. So this is this is post-Surefire, though. Right, right. But it was great for that, to, like, to have to work on the fly, mm-hmm. uh, really kind of down and dirty and fast. Um, and that was actually the reason I signed up to do it on a personal level. I even, well, when I was talking to Dave, I said, you know, even if this film doesn't turn out well, I think it'll be good, a good experience just to have to write, produce, direct something really fast, Mm -hmm. um, and not be able to second guess things and just make decisions quick and, and dive in and do it. And if we make mistakes, Hey, we probably will because we're having to work so fast, Mm -hmm. but I think the win will just be doing it. And if the film doesn't turn out great, eh, you know. <laughs> yeah, for better or worse, at the end of the weekend, you have another short. We do. And we were, we were like, I, I, I kind of felt like it'll be a bonus if the film turns out well. Yeah. And then like, <laughs> I wasn't even thinking like, oh, we hope we'll get a festival life out of it. Mm-hmm. I was just like, to me, the win's just going to be making it under those conditions. Mm-hmm. And the film turned out well. And so it actually has been doing well, and it's, it's gotten some festival play. But that was the big takeaway for me was just the doing of it, the process. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I felt the same way. Um, from a producing standpoint, because that was a challenge because, you know, what locations are we using? If we don't know the genre and the story, no script yet, what are we doing? You know? Um, so again, that goes back to my point about backups, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, we had two or three locations, um, on hold and, and we told, uh, the owners of those locations, like, listen, just the nature of this beast. We're going to let you know around midnight, Friday night. Hmm. Are you cool with that? And, and we shoot, you know, Saturday. And they were they were great with it. And um, same thing with our actors. Like, listen, guys, you know, because we had a bunch of actors in mind. 
Um, and we're like, listen, you know, we can't put everybody in because we don't know the story. We don't know the script. Um, so you might not be right for the role. So are you cool with being on standby, you know, till midnight Friday? Mm-hmm. And luckily they all were. They're, they're all great. And then to uh, Michael's credit and the cast, they just had. So we were writing until like 1 a.m. Of course. Saturday morning. So and we were going to shoot that morning and Saturday. So. Um, um, so Michael really only had like. Well, he had to sleep, so and he had to travel back home. But he only had like several hours, really. Not to, much. Yeah, yeah. If he slept, and then you know to think of shots, which I didn't. Yeah, there you were. <laughs> right. You know, oh, you I, gave your secret away. Yeah. Well, you know, I had wanted to talk to Alan about shots that yeah. night, but I think even he was like, "I got all this other stuff to do. I got to like, you know, get all the gear yeah, together. Exactly. I got to do this Definitely. and that." And right. like, it was just kind of like, "All right, we'll just figure it out." Right. You know, I was still actually thinking about the script on the way home because mm-hmm. I was realizing oh, the script's got some issues still. Right. right. So I was like, "How are we going to work those out?" I was kind of like, "We got to get the script down before I even start thinking about shots." Yeah, right. um, it's almost like uh, at some point, let's just do it. Yeah, then, then, Old Hollywood, let's just shot, reverse shot, OTS, OTS, right. and, a, well, and a wide we still, I, I did go in with some ideas, though. Like, I did go in with, like, I did have some broad ideas. So I didn't just totally make it up. Mm-hmm. But I did have some broad plans, so, you know, just in my head, really. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, that morning when it was call time, that's when you first rehearsed. Right, and that even wasn't like a real rehearsal. No, it wasn't. It was just (laughs) like a camera rehearsal. Well, it was sort of, uh, it was almost like a read-through of the script just to see how it sounded, and then it was like, okay, we're doing it. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, and to like the actor's credit, they pulled it off. Yes, for sure. I mean, for sure. They only had that night to just prep. You know, so luckily I, it, it was like the right actors with the right yes, parts and the right, right kind of comedy and everything like it was kismet and everything mm-hmm. just kind of came together. And like uh, sometimes that happens with a film and you as a director, you don't have to get in and, and direct and work with the actors that mm-hmm. much. I haven't found that to be the case most of the time. And either way, it's, you know, it, it depends on the film. It depends on the actor. But luckily on the break, there wasn't a lot of work needed or we never would have gotten the film done. We would have been on shot one forever, just like yeah. working on performance notes. So it just kind of it came together and it was it was it was nice. It was great. Yeah, yeah. Cool. And especially with comedies, it's, it's you know, there's uh, so many, you know, there are nuances with comedy, just like any any other genre. But. You know, you got to get that that chemistry, uh, which is key. Yeah, yeah, and their timing. You know, so I mean, the cast totally pulled it off, and we're really proud of them. So very cool. Kudos. Yeah, yeah. Ditto to that. um, Shifting gears a little bit, I I have questions about um, about Surefire, and I know that some of this stuff is uh, going to be answered on your podcast, which is called. Surefirepodcast.com. That's what I thought. Um, you can also find it on <laughs> iTunes and Stitcher. And yeah. we'll include links to oh, it. Yeah, awesome. In the show um, notes. In the show notes. Um, but uh, I'm curious, was, um, so you, you guys have made the short. It's had um, its own festival run. Um, was it always a feature in your minds from the beginning? Was it always a feature film um, or did it become that once you finished the script, finished pre-production? Talk a little bit about that. Well, I'll, I'll dive in and I'll try to bring in your other question too, because your prior question was how did doing some of these shorts inform the making yes, of please, Surefire? Yes, please. So try to, try to bring that back in too. I appreciate that. Um, 
So Surefire always did start as a feature. Um, it, it's, it was always conceived as a feature. Um, the, the quick history of the script, just the script, was um, I was actually kicking around some very initial ideas with a few other writers for something that was like kind of related to Surefire but didn't become Surefire. That's sort of the, d- the deep history, mm-hmm. <laughs> deep history of the script. <laughs> Uh, I had gathered some really good uh, friends and comedy writers to start kicking around ideas because I had been working on another script on my own, another good co- another comedy script on my own, and I had kind of gotten stuck with it. And I realized I needed to have collaborators, um, needed to have screenwriting collaborators. I was losing my mind um, writing the script on my own. Mm -hmm. Literally. I was like, I, I, I have to do something else and I have to collaborate with other people. I had gotten stuck. Um, and so I was like, the next thing I do, I'm, I'm going to do it now. The next thing I do is now and I'm going to get other writers on board. So I brought these writers on board and we kicked around like a draft or a hat draft and a half or two of this other thing that was kind of in the same vein of surefire, but wasn't really surefire. And then that sort of dissolved. <laughs> they all went their separate ways, mm. as, as happens. And I'm still friends with, I think, most of them. <laughs> all slash most. Yeah. Um, we won't name names. Um, but then... Um, Except for maybe on Surefire Podcast. <laughs> and then we... Um, it's very friendly and still, still very, very, very much in touch. Um, and then... Uh, the current incarnation of Surefire really started with myself and another writer named Steve Wisniewski. Mm-hmm. And in, in true Surefire fashion, I had found him through an ad that I placed on the NYU job board mm-hmm. uh, looking for a co-writer. Um, and it happened to work out. He sent me a sample. I'm, I'm getting deep. I'm going deep in the weeds here, Zach. Please. <laughs> you know, like, I realized, like, broad strokes, oh, no, I'm going deep. <laughs> um I'll tell you where we met for coffee. Please. Uh, so he, um, it's all part of the narrative. Yeah. So, and I'll backtrack a little, like Steve came on board and he had, I think it was his writing. I actually met quite a few writers and Steve's writing sample was kind of the closest to what I thought surefire was. Um, and so then hired Steve and Steve came on board and he, he and I started working on the script together. A little bit of history of the, of the story, is uh, I got inspired to make Surefire. This was an idea I'd been kicking around for a while because when I was at NYU as a student there, I had answered an ad on a job on, a, on the NYU job board for a guy looking for a screenwriter to write a script for him. Paid, paid gig. And <laughs> I answered the ad and connected with this guy. And he ended up being kind of a... Kind of not not Benny Boone. He wasn't a con man. He was just kind of a sh- kind of a sh- shifty guy. <laughs> and it turned out he uh, he wanted to pay me in pizza, basically, uh, which I guess is pretty lucrative for a college student sometimes. <laughs> right. I, so there there was that. You know, I thought it was money, but no, it was pizza. I was wrong. It wasn't Domino's, right? <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't Domino's. Good, but it, I think it was pizza. <laughs> it was pizza at a like a food court in a mall, though. So like. Oh, ooh. It was, yeah, maybe just a step up. But anyway, that collaboration didn't work out. He wanted to hire me to write this really gritty script for him, but he didn't want to pay me. 
and I just couldn't do it. But I, the guy was kind of this classic New York character. He's kind of a hustler. Mm. And I was like, I want to make a movie about that guy. Um, this kind of iconic New York hustler kind of guy. Did you reach out to him to inform? Okay. <laughs> no, no, because, because he was just sort of the inspiration, but he, sure. he's not a con man. Um, he just wanted somebody to write a script for them. He just didn't want to pay them. <laughs> so little, As you do. A little bit of false advertising. Sure. You know, hey. Um, so I ended up, like, after doing some other research uh, on a few other things, pulling it all together and like, oh, I'd make him a con man, like a real con man who has to hire a screenwriter to write a script. And why does he have to hire this guy? Well, he's in trouble and he must need money. Mm-hmm. So he's trying to, like pay somebody off by getting this whole film con going that's sort of how it started um and it was he would be the lead character uh and he would have to con some writer by putting an ad on craigslist to write a script for him and he's trying to write a script because i'll just tell you the log line for listeners who don't know Mm -hmm. um he he's this con man his name's benny boone and he's he's down on his luck and he needs to change his life. He's having a midlife crisis as a con man, but he doesn't know what to do. Mm -hmm. And he, some gangsters show up though saying you owe us a lot of money or we're going to kill you in three days, which makes having a midlife crisis even harder. (laughs) And any attempts to go straight even harder. So he has to come up with some money really fast. And he runs into this actress who is this sort of once promising actress uh, who's now been essentially blacklisted for her own personal reasons, but she's dying to make a comeback and she says she has the money to bankroll the movie. Hmm. So he pretends to be a movie producer and pitches her the comeback Oscar winning screenplay of a lifetime and she buys it and, and, and wants to do this. The problem is he doesn't have a script mm-hmm. and he has to come up with one in three days. So he hires a screenwriter, a quote unquote screenwriter <laughs> off of Craigslist and then we're off to the races. Mm-hmm. Then it's this whole scheme that unravels and morphs. And it's, it's a lot of fun. You see a lot of the movies about the making of the movie, the movie that they're trying to make and the, the script that they're trying to write. You actually see scenes from that. There's a whole movie within a movie. Cool. And I won't give away too much of the ending, but he solves his midlife crisis as well. Um, mm-hmm. You'll have to see the film. Definitely. Um, so, so the short's been made. Yes. Um, and, uh, and it's having its festival run. What's the, um, what's the next step for, for like, do you guys have a schedule for, um, when you want to try and shoot it or, um, what's, um, what's going in how's pre pro coming along? Yeah, we met, uh, with some producers and they, uh, they are just super excited about the script and um, they love it. They they love us, and uh, we're teaming up with them. Um, mm-hmm. So they are uh, helping us shop it around, you know, to cast and uh, other uh, financial avenues, you know. So um, we're at that stage where we're very close into like making offers. Um, Great. Yeah, and um, so and we thought, you know what, the fall this year would be a great time to shoot. Hmm. So we're going to be shooting for fall the fall. in New York for any shoot. I think yeah, man. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah. And it's great. Just, you know, again, you know, it's having people who is just as passionate as you are mm-hmm. about the project, you know, on your team. So 
Super important. Cool. Just just to fill in the gaps. I'm sorry. <laughs> please. I got way lost in the description of Surefire. <laughs> Cut around that, please. <laughs> no, uh, no, no, no. No, please. We can edit. Um, just <laughs> we to, usually don't. <laughs> oh, no. Like this guy told me his whole, told me the whole story. It's you a You see the film now. Um, um, but just to quickly, uh, very broad strokes this time. So um, I brought in Steve to co-write, but then um, Steve, Steve ended up writing a couple of drafts with me. We're still very close, but like after the second draft, he, he started doing some other things, mm-hmm. left the, the, the project. Dave and I had been working on a bunch of stuff, all these shorts we've been making together. Yeah. And Dave and I hit it off as both you know, producers and writers, and then so I asked Dave to come on board as both a writer and a producer on Surefire the Feature. Mm-hmm. So then he and I cranked out a lot more work on the script. That was a whole process, just a lot of writing, a lot of development. We had... If you, yeah, you don't have to totally broad strokes okay. this. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no. Um, I realized, I, no, go ahead. But uh, what was the um, writing collaboration like? Like, wh- was one of you doing a lot of the writing and the other just like sitting with them and like, let's pitch lines? Or was it like, we'll split the script up? Or how did, how did that work? We've kind of done it like a lot of different ways. Yeah, yeah. We've, you know, we'll be in the room together with one of us at the at the keyboard, at the computer typing and the other person's riffing and throwing out lines and then swapping and then the other person's on right typing and the other person's, you know, throwing out idea lines, everything. And then we've also exchanged stuff over email, yeah. like you tackle this scene, I'll tackle that scene. Mm-hmm. We'll sort of we'll essentially redline it for each other and then we'll get together and talk about it or just keep trading notes over email. Kind of cool. like whatever gets it done. And, um, but I, I will say I found like a lot of times, especially when you're, when you're just starting out or you're going back for a big revision or even when you're really fine tuning, it can help to be in the room, yeah. especially with comedy. Um, Absolutely. Because yes. you're, you're able to kind of in real time riff, you're able to like mm-hmm. go through ideas and is this idea meeting like both of our standards? It can, if you're just exchanging it over email, sometimes it can, it's good because then you can, you can also work on your own and keep moving things forward. But to really get nitty gritty, a lot of times it helps to be in the room together. Yeah. Well, and for not to interrupt, but, um, uh, I don't know if you recall, but I workshopped a script in Film Shop that I co-wrote as a comedy. Um, and so often for that one, it was just like, it's an action comedy. And we couldn't, we would hit snags. I remember that script. B-Squad. Yes. You remember? I remember that script. <laughs> so my, my co-writer and I, we would we would hit snags and then it's we would pitch things to each other and like, yeah, that, that I couldn't think of anything stupider or I can't think of anything funnier. And we would just make each other laugh. And right. in doing so we were like, yeah, that's funny. That's going in the script actually. Yeah. That's a great litmus test. You, you know? know, if you can crack each other up, Mm-hmm. Uh, especially after rereading it over and over, mm-hmm. then you probably have something there. Like you are a yeah. demographic, you are you are indicative of a demographic right. or a sense of humor for some yeah. demographic. Yeah. So it's that I think is helpful that collaboration in the room. Yeah. Um, yeah. Were you going to add something to that? No, I was going to say it's been a great uh, writing collaboration, you know, mm-hmm. with Michael. So we're always like we're pretty much on the same page. Like yeah, literally. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean. <laughs> Pun intended, <laughs> and um, yeah, and uh, cool. our notes are just—you know—they're not—they're they're always reasonable notes, you know, and um, or or their ideas, yeah, you know, ideas or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, just 
Yeah, we do really well in the room together, you know. Cool. And then there are times when uh, we just don't have the time to meet up. And then if the script is in a certain place uh, where we would like it to be, then we would exchange pages over email. And that's that's okay, you know, because we're just Definitely. like touching up stuff and that's fine, you know. We mm. don't need to meet up for like just a couple of touch-ups or whatever, you know. For so, sure. Um, so it depends on where you are in the script yeah are you guys still currently working on the script believe it or not yeah i mean we it's, it's script development it can take a while mm-hmm. it can really take a while and and things can you know we're, we're still we've gotten some notes recently again we're not getting like major rewrite notes anymore totally um i we feel like we've definitely put the script through its paces you know we've we uh, we've had like a couple of rounds of film shop you know, notes, yeah. which was, they were invaluable. Mm-hmm. We ended up getting a script consultant at one point to give us some notes and his notes were terrific. Uh, but those were more like bigger sort of things to tackle. Um, now it's, it's much more contained. They tend to be smaller notes about clarifying things or, you know, it's not like we then were taking like six months to rewrite it or something. Yeah. So the notes, it's the further you go, hopefully that's the idea. The notes diminish. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. but even up until recently, we were yeah. still getting some notes from one of the producers who came on board and they were good notes, not nothing major, but like worth stuff that's worth addressing mm-hmm. kind of like dialogue or something or just, you know, um, yeah, it's a good, you're at a good point when one of your notes is, Hey, I think, uh, the format of your title page should, should change a little. Mm-hmm. So when you get a note about the title page, then you're probably in a good position, mm. you know? True. Yeah. I will say too, it's like just for writers out there, it's like, and if you're co-writing, it, it can be hard to find co-writers. You know, oftentimes my advice to people will be get a co-writer, yeah. you know, but getting a co-writer can be hard, you know, and finding the right co-writer, just like we were talking about casting for crew, um, finding a co-writer is hard. And like for various reasons, like Dave and I, it's all, you know, Dave's a comedy writer. I'm a comedy writer, but that doesn't necessarily mean, well, we'll write well together because we're comedy writers. Right. There is like other sort of, you know, ingredients that have to go into that, you know, like, uh, I'm not sure what it is. It's kind it's, of an X factor. It's like you get together totally. and you try it and then like, oh, you know, our sensibilities complement each other. You're on the same page about tone, about jokes. And also people are... And Dave was talking about ego too earlier. Like, you're you fight enough for your ideas, but you're also fighting for the best idea. Absolutely. And so, right. if Dave has a better idea than me, I, I, there's I'm not going to keep a line in just because I thought of it. Like that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So we're like, we'll, we're we're all about like let's make the script as best we can, not whose idea. Um, yeah. We're not tracking that. Yeah. <laughs> so exactly. it's like. You get to the point where you're like, I don't remember who wrote what, you right. know, like, yeah. um, but that's ideal. That's ideal. And maybe rare. I don't know. Um, but that's, you know, especially if you're in comedy or you're out there and you're a writer and you're, maybe you are struggling a bit. If you can find somebody to write with, I would highly recommend it, but you also have to vet them like you vet anybody else that you work with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of it is just personality. It's just. It's like when you cast, you know, for your film, you want to make sure your actors gel with each other and have mm-hmm. chemistry. You know, it's the same thing. It's, it, yeah, not to beat a dead horse. It just goes back to, you know, the team. 
Yeah, well, and to, to, to be able to do that on a short before you go into the feature is is nice, you know, because maybe it doesn't, and I'm not saying it didn't, but maybe sometimes, like, if you came up with an idea, you're like, let's write the short first and then the feature because the feature is much more of a commitment. That seems to be, like, the, the traditional thing people are doing now, too. It's like a feature is often born out of a short, you mm -hmm. know, or if a short does well and then people see that it has legs or it could be something bigger, but I guess we did the reverse, um, which some people also do. It's, you know, our bottle when we, when we dove into this was whiplash, right. um, and that he had, uh, the feature script, uh, Damien Chazelle, he had the feature script written, but in order to get some investors on board, he made the short to show what it would look like and feel like. And that was kind of our model. Um, I guess to talk a little bit about that, like some of the process and like how we came Please. to do that. So Dave and I are writing the script and we got the script to a, to a really good place um, where we felt really good about it. And we started then like, okay, now let's move into pre-pre-production mode um, where we start talking to people. And we started talking to casting directors, producers, and this was before the short. And we kind of quickly, actually, that's when we were finally like, the script is more or less done. Let's do this. And then we got the advice, well, you know, you're a first-time feature director. And you're also trying to get some bigger actors in the film. And I think this was advice we got from a few people. Again, casting directors, producers, like, maybe you should have something visual to include with the package. Okay. You know, like besides just a, you know, a good script and the other shorts you've made in your reel or whatever, um, and a lookbook, you know, all the traditional things, um, maybe a trailer or a sizzle reel or a short or the first person who said it, we were kind of like, eh, maybe not. Cause like, all right, that's going to take time and money to do that. But then we heard it like one, two, three more times. We were like, okay, <laughs> Maybe yeah. this would be right. helpful to do. Um, so we actually quickly pivoted. We weren't out shopping it around very much. And then we were like, all right, let's kind of not put the brakes on the feature, but let's keep pursuing the feature. But let's really develop a short um, to use as part of the package. Hmm. Yeah. And going back to the whole, you know, having visual aids, basically, you know, so besides the short, you know, we have um, a, a really cool poster that we made um we had a designer make mm -hmm. and um uh, the lookbook michael mentioned but we also have a business plan we have a pitch deck we have a creative pitch deck and we have like a, a two-page summary for uh, potential investors are these all things that you guys are doing for the first time yes so yeah. we so have this already like at the ready um but you know we don't have a business background we don't have a finance background so this right. is just OJT, right? On the job training. So mm -hmm. um, you learn as you go. Uh, yeah. I mean, I had, I had to read a book to put together like a cash flow statement, which I still don't understand to, to this day. But <laughs> um, we get it. Yeah. 100% yeah. we understand it. Yeah. Yeah. But in terms of like, yes, yeah, so, you know, it's about, hey, you know, uh, year one, year two, <clears throat> year three, up to five years. Yeah. This is what investors can expect to get back. And, right. Right. So, um, you know, it's who made that stuff. Is yeah, just <laughs> but <laughs> way over my head. That goes back to the the token uh, analogy. It's like, just read it, accept it. You know, it'll make sense later. Just give it time, patience. So, yeah. 
Yeah, that's right. I mean, we were developing all that stuff too. It went from like writing the script to a lot of uh, sort of business materials, marketing materials, and then making the short. Um, and to your point, I, making the short felt like a strategic move, but it also felt like a creative move. Mm -hmm. Like, well, we'll get to road test the script a bit, you know, we'll shoot a few scenes from the, the film and to see how it turns out, you know, like we felt really good about the script. So we were just like, this is, it's going to be fun. It'll be fun, challenging. We wanted to like really represent the film too. What's the point of making a proof of concept short as opposed to the break where it was like, if it doesn't turn out great eh. with this, we were like, it counts, you know, we're about to go spend money and time putting this thing together that we want to represent the film. It's got to be good. Um, so we, we switched focus. We pulled that together whatever year that was that summer we shot it. Um, and then lessons learned from like Ryan Manhattan and what's eating dad were we have to pull together a really fantastic casting crew. Mm -hmm. Like first and foremost right. was like, let's put everything we've learned so far and the people that we've worked with and the people that we want to work with. And this has to be great. Mm -hmm. Um, so we have to get the best cast, the best crew. And we really did pull together a terrific team. Um, we and and everything about it like scouting locations also we we had to turn the the feature into a short so we had to pick which part right. of the feature and then to have it we decided to do a short because we were like well if you we make a short we can also cut a trailer out of it mm. so we can kind of get two things in one and it can't hurt to have a short on the festival circuit like get it out there get more eyes on it we can meet people that way Definitely. something we can talk about so we decided to do just all in, um, and it, it turned out really well. Uh, I think a lot of it was because we already had a good script. We were able to, to, to adapt the short and even had to change a, little, a few things to make it stand up as a short. Definitely. Um, just like really pulling together just the, the best team that we possibly could, the best locations. Um, and, and the locations are great. And the script does, or the the ending of the short does like beg like uh, what next? Like, yeah, right, right. Which it's you know that it's a challenge, but um, also if you have the feature script, um, I guess you had that baked in a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, how did you guys select those scenes? I I, I mean I just kind of knew instinctively because I was like, well, it's the first time we meet. Benny, Benny, the con man meets one of the other characters, key characters, Anthony. And then also one of the other key characters, Kitty is a big part of that scene. Mm -hmm. And I was just thinking in terms of scope and scale, there's some scenes have a lot of extras, or there's other like big production challenges. I was like, if we just focus on those scenes, I feel like it'll be representative, but also like won't kill us on the budget. It won't be like, crazy hard to pull off production wise because there's a prior scene to that where it's like in an art museum with a lot of extras mm -hmm. you know it was like we're, we're not going to be able to do that for the short <laughs> right. um, like let's focus on what we can do you know we only need like a couple of key locations right. so it just kind of felt like that's what we should do we should do that yeah um, yeah a again it's about priorities and what you think is most important for this task so, like, why are we making this short? Because we want to uh, get people excited about the feature. So it's, okay, how do you do that? You introduce the characters, the main characters, and the world. Okay, so then which scene, 
will most efficiently do that, even from a production standpoint, like fewer locations. And then, yeah, we're like diner scene because it's Benny talking to Anthony, the screenwriter that he hustles, uh, talking on the phone with uh, the diva actress that he hustles. Mm -hmm. So now you have the three main characters um, in this scene. And and it's two locations because we're – you know, intercutting between um, uh, the phone calls, you know, uh, the actress and Benny. But um, still, it's that same scene. So um, we figured, okay, that's probably the most obvious choice. And um, and we would we would have loved to put in like a film within a film concept in there. But it was already, you know, it was pushing 15 minutes. And we we're like, let's – that was another mandate. Like, let's keep this around 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um because in terms of programming, um, festival directors will probably um, look at that more favorably, you know, um, when Definitely. we go to festivals. Um, so, you know, that's another mandate that we had in mind. So, you know, just all these are your priorities and um, you just got to work towards it and boom. It's that easy, kids, really. <laughs> <laughs> it was um, a, 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 to that point, like an... Uh a fun uh, economic and efficient thing we did was we doubled one of the locations. Hmm. The The diner uh, was the diner, but then the back room office area of the diner became Benny's apartment. Oh, okay. Um, <clears throat> and then we found the uh, the Upper West Side penthouse location through our co-producers on it. They knew one of the women who lived there. Mm-hmm. Um, and the diner was a big surge, like sort of also, again, thinking about yeah. budget. We saw a lot of diners and cutting the best deal, and they, they turned out to be great. Um, but also it was just getting the right people again. It was like getting the right cast. You know, they were all terrific. Three leads were mm-hmm. yeah. terrific. All the, you know, everybody from production designer to DP to editor to composer to mm-hmm. costume designer. It was just like we knew everybody had to really deliver. And to Dave's point, like we knew we trusted them that they would bring on good people. Um, they're all top notch and they're working mm-hmm. with teams they've worked with quite a few times. And so it's just trusting them to bring on the right people. So it was a real pleasure. Like making, making that short was a real pleasure. Like yeah. everybody yeah. was there to make the same film and was really into it. And it was a lot of fun and it was funny. It was one of those like ideal set experiences where like, there's just really good vibes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. I, I can and you speak, were a part of it. Yeah, I can yes. speak to that a little bit because um, I was only there for one night shoot. But um, it was uh, – I remember we uh, we were behind schedule. I'd been talking to the uh, the AD um, just kind of like, a, hey, like what's broad strokes? Like kind of like um, when will we be outside and like kind of these things like I just want to know for like you – know, I'm taking BTS photos. So, um, she's, and she kind of gave it to me and I was like, Oh, like we are behind, but like nobody cares. Like like, nobody cares. This is, everybody was nice. Like I, I had come on and you know, you, you see it because, um, you know, crews over time bond, but jumping into a crew, yeah, it was flash in the pan for me, but I gelled so well with everybody and I was just able to talk and hang out and like, it was just like effortless that's awesome that's great to hear and um yeah taking a behind the scenes that we use often um i think it was the one with the kitty the rooftop one yeah well how can you not use those though it's it's a beautiful shot by the way i just just used it on my directing reel 
Amazing. I use it as yeah. a still. I credit you. I love yeah, it. Like, yeah. Just so you know. Yeah, it's a beautiful like, shot. Zach. I was like, yeah. Um, yeah. It's you directing her right. like from the down yes. the balcony. Yes. Very cool. You see the monitor also. Yeah. Yes. yeah it's beautiful. Good, good shot. The light. Good shots all over. Thank yeah. You so much. Yeah. if anyone wants to see that, it's uh, at Michael Goldberg's directing reel at the end, right? Yeah. 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 If yeah. you go to Vimeo and you find me on Vimeo or yeah. YouTube. Whatever. Very cool. Yeah. That's uh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But it was, again, it was, yeah, it, it's this fostering this uh, environment uh, that, uh, allows for creativity without you know sometimes when you have one person that's just not gelling just or like toxic. That's, that's yeah, yeah that's abrasive in any way yeah. it, it like eats at you a little I, bit i've been on that set before you know what i mean yeah so um but, but yeah kudos because yeah. it was it was a great experience and i i had fun with for like the short amount of time i was there that's, <laughs> that's great, great. Yeah. that's, that's yeah. a great compliment and um yeah i just wanted to say too um this was mainly the department heads were were female filmmakers, mm-hmm. so yeah, DP production oh, I, I designer, that, yeah. yeah, costume designer, um, and uh, AD, and it, you know it was just a fantastic crew, fantastic cast, fantastic director, <laughs> you know it's back at you, yeah, and sure. uh, thank you, thank you, sir, um, <laughs> and it, it was. Okay, so there was one challenge. <laughs> like, only one. Only, only one, one, people. Oh, one okay. challenge. It was a biggie, though. But um, the diner was a, a non-working diner, so there was no AC. And we shot in the no, summer. No air conditioning, yes. Oh, sorry. <laughs> we had an AC, but, but he was cool, though. <laughs> that AC was cool. So, yeah. um, so you know... Like me and the production team just tried our best to like try to cool off everyone. It was really tough. We bought um, portable ACs, mm. uh, air conditioners to um, you know cool the place off. I was going. I think we did like rig something like a cooler, and we cut a hole in it and put ice in it, and then um, put like a pipe out. This yeah, is that like, like New York ingenuity. Something like, I think we did no that. There's no central air, so we yeah. have to figure out a way to make oh, it. It was it was nuts, cool. and um, <laughs> but it still didn't help. But the takeaway from this was that when you hire a great team, no one complained. Mm-hmm. That you, was pretty amazing. You yeah, yeah you it, have it was the heat, yeah. it was August right really hot mm-hmm. really yeah. humid. People were, I was like nonstop sweating. Yeah. You know, like it was that, it was like that. And like, but no right. one was complaining. No. And we just felt really fortunate. Yeah. I mean, like, okay, everybody wants to be here and is like yeah. into this. And, and like, yeah. There could have been a mutiny. <laughs> oh, oh right. totally. Totally. Very easily. And it's also, you know, the, the project itself. You know, people were passionate about the script and, and, you know, our, our vision for, you know, for that as a feature and everything. So, um, you know they were they were proud to be on the set i think you know but i was proud to have these people on the set you know with me so um it was it was just fantastic and i was just i was very apologetic you know i'm so sorry guys you know for the heat and we're doing our best and they're like don't worry about it you know mm-hmm. like it's just it adds to you know it adds to the scene <laughs> yeah. you know there's but, a lot of sweat uh, in the shorts yeah 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 <laughs> but um no it's just it's and it goes back to just just make sure you hire and vet, you know, the best people you can. Yeah. Take time. Like, don't don't just jump into, like, the first person you see. And even if they sound great at first, like, just think about it. Like, take a night, 
think about it and, you know, like, you know, really like maybe talk to them again, you know, just to make sure it's not a one-time thing. <laughs> but Definitely. Yeah. So. Cool. It's de- yeah. It's yeah. definitely important to talk to people. We interviewed yeah. people. Oh know, yeah. Like, a bunch. So. Had coffee with them. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, um, it, it, any last thoughts about the short? Um, like, uh, maybe did making the short change the feature at all in any way or the way you're going to approach directing or producing the feature? I, I mean, there were certain things I had wanted to do in the short that we, we didn't have time to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I kind of knew going in like, all right, when, when we do the feature, I have to figure out, you know, obviously we'll have more time and more money sort of because <laughs> it's all contextual it's right. like this is all okay but okay I have to figure out a way to do that and pull that off because there are a few things I would do differently mm-hmm. um, I think doing it also gave us a good sense of the comedy the timing the tone and like what worked and in general things worked um, but it was it was seeing like okay I, I would do that differently I would maybe do that differently mm. um, I mean I felt like but it was a win for us to do it like both strategically, it definitely paid off, became a part of the package, became something that we would show people. Um, and I think helped in that regard um, to back up the script. Um, but in, yeah, in terms of it, definitely like it was good to get out there and make it, you know, and just gave me the confidence that it's, that it works, you know, and like, it's funny, it works. And will we do a few things differently? Sure. And I, and I know how to do that now because we've done that. I mean, we've made that. So, yeah, I guess on a general level it did. Yeah, yeah. And also at the script level, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, when Michael and the actors uh, in rehearsal came up with the newer lines like we mentioned, we're like, you know, let's transfer that into the feature. Why not? You know, because it's funny and we know it's funny. It's been road tested, mm-hmm. you know, with audiences. Um, yeah, and the script is just like, it's, it's organic. It's always changing. And... Um, Jeez, it can it can change into post, you know. So don't get married to it <laughs> because it's it's a living, breathing organism. Totally. You know? Yeah, yeah. Very cool. Well, um, any uh, other thoughts or what what's coming up next for? Um, I know you guys are talking to producers and working on shopping at different places, but um, what's next for um, the the next in the process for the feature? Well, that we, we touched on it earlier, but I guess in a, a quick a quick step back, it was like once we had the short done and we and we still like polishing the feature. It wasn't an overnight thing to getting these producers on board. Of course not. Um, it's been a real hustle basically um, since then to find the right people to team up with, and we were knocking on a lot of doors, people that we knew, people that we didn't know, a lot of networking, meeting a lot of industry at events, festivals, here in New York, in L.A., all over the place. So that's it became a real – that's sort of what happened. You know, We had all these great materials, but we still had to hustle to make the connections. So that's a big part of the process too is like if you, if you want to do this, keep going definitely uh persistence perseverance um and it's and it's it's following up with people two three four hey five times Mm -hmm. (laughs) no joke or it's having that conversation with somebody once two three times uh before things start kicking in and developing Mm -hmm. and we were doing some other things here and there like we made the break we did a few things but 
I was always kind of on Surefire, our, our eye in, in that regard. So anyway, yes, we, we, we teamed up with these guys relatively recently. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are, at least one of them was somebody we've known for a while. And we're, and we're kind of um, uh, presenting it to him, too, for a while, too. And he was sort of, like, interested but too busy. And then, then officially, they are officially shopping the film around. And so that is where we're at. They're shopping it to... Um, talent agencies um, cool. they're they're backed by production companies and they have good relationships with sales agents and distributors so we're in a good place but we're at, at the moment kind of waiting to see how some of those uh, offers play out Definitely. Um, that's that is where we're at yeah and it's really all about the long game um, you can't give up and you got to have patience perseverance so you know if you meet producers who um, you know, they don't like your script or it's not for them, you know, then that's fine. That's okay. Then they're not right for your project. Right. Then you don't want them on your team, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, and, um, so I, don't I take it personally, basically. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I, I interviewed um, a buddy of mine, also named Zach, a few weeks ago, and he said... Um, Zach Book. That's I heard one. that one. Yeah, and, uh, and he's great. He's a manager, and he said, you know, uh, I have clients that will bring me scripts. I'm like, you know, I'm, this isn't, this isn't for me. I can't get right. on board with this, but that's not personal. That's like, you don't want me right. who doesn't believe in that necessarily to sh- be shopping that script because right. I'm not going to do it justice. Um, and so it's just about finding the right team, but also mm-hmm. just those producers that really do believe in the script that can go and have every confidence in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was very insightful on his part. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Yeah, we. You want to find producers that are as, ideally as passionate as you are, mm-hmm. um, and who get it, who understand it, and who want to do it and want to go the distance with you. That's you need all those ingredients. Mm-hmm. You know, we've met we met plenty of people who who liked it, um, who liked the short, liked the feature, and a lot of people were like, you know, when you have another element attached, or when you have this or that, then come back. Da, da, da. You could. That, that happens a lot, or people who it's just not right for them for whatever reason. We're not really doing comedy, or we're doing, you know, like, mm-hmm. but you, that, that takes patience and persistence to find those people. Um, and also, just a quick note the kind of movie that we're doing, because people are making all kinds of different first features. You know, people yeah. are doing no budget first features, they're doing some budget, they're doing. You know, we've we've had our, our sights set on getting some essentially A list or close to A list or name essentially name talent Definitely. attached, and not everybody's doing that. And so the way that we've been doing this, it's not a one size fits all. You know, yeah. like we're some people might be like, why are these guys you know spending all this time trying to you know, which is a valid question, and it depends on the scale of the movie that you're doing. Um, we are trying to get some name talent. So you, you do have to go through certain channels. You, it feels like you do need to get certain people attached or certain producers or a casting director or somebody could, that can help you move the needle, especially as a first feature. If you're just making a no, not just, but if you're making a no budget film or a much lower budget film and you're not going that route, you might be able to raise the money on your own. Like that whole, like, don't wait for permission, just do it yourself mm-hmm. aesthetic. I'm totally for that. And I, I kind of wished along the line that we had been able to like, there's times when it was like, God, I wish we were just making like a really lower budget film. And mm-hmm. we don't, we don't care about this because we could, we could come up with the money and just do it. But 
this has been our goal and this is the kind of film we wanted to make. So we were like, let's put in the time to do it. Um, and anyway, that, that's been our journey, you yeah. know, and so hopefully people can glean some things from that. There's so many different ways to try to make a movie mm-hmm. and you can make a movie on obviously a lot of different budget levels. Definitely. This is just us. This is just what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Well, um, if people want to go and continue, th- this is where you're at now, but your podcast continue is going to continue that journey where can people go to listen to your podcast i know you plugged it earlier but just right. for for redundancy's sake yeah it, so you can go to surefirepodcast.com that's the actual website surefirepodcast.com and you can find us on itunes and stitcher so please Perfect. subscribe follow leave a comment give us 10 million stars we would <laughs> love it we cover like you, you sort of see an expanded version of this because we would spend episodes on like how Dave and I met, you know, is one episode, you know, okay, great. that kind of right, idea. Right. This has been the abridged version. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, but we haven't even talked about like sort of the latest developments on the Surefire podcast that we've been doing. So you've scooped the Surefire <laughs> podcast. Um, we actually have been meaning to sit down with them to kind of bring them up to speed on latest developments. So you have you have the exclusive, Zach. Amazing. Yeah. Well, don't post in the next couple of weeks, and I'll keep that. <laughs> exclusive. You can hear it here first, folks. <laughs> I love that. Um, individually, I know we had mentioned your reel, and um, obviously we have um, – it's Navy Yard Productions, correct? Uh, yeah, Navy Yard Films. Navy Yard Films. Right. Um, where can people go to follow the two of you individually? If you want to, for me, I would just say go to surefiremovie.com. Okay. <laughs> surefiremovie.com. Uh, so you got Surefire Podcast, the podcast, Surefire Movie. It's just a bit about Dave and I and also Steve. And then we actually should update it some more, but we've got a bit about the short on there. And you have the trailer for the short is there as well. And you can also follow us on social media, just Surefire Movie everywhere. Cool. Hashtag Surefire Movie or at Surefire Movie. Twitter. Inst- or uh, Twitter, yeah, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, cool, yeah. all the above, yeah, yeah, surefiremovie.com, um, yeah, um, yeah, I like to repeat things, so surefiremovie.com. <laughs> um, um, is there anything that you guys would also, like, to- and also your own company? Oh, uh, yeah. So if you want to yeah, follow I'm- Navy Art Films, it's at Navy Art Films on social media. So very cool. Um, is there anything else that you guys would like to add, maybe advice-wise? Um, we've talked, we've kind of like been touching on it the entire time, just vetting your crew and like finding your team and all of these different things. But is there anything like last thoughts you guys have about that? Um, I guess one thing which we, we have benefited from and which has been a good thing for us is crowdfunding. Um, yeah, we have done a couple of successful, very successful rounds of crowdfunding. So if you are a filmmaker out there and you're wondering how to get started or you need money for something, do it. Um, Mm -hmm. it's, it's, its own fun challenge. Um, but it pays off. Um, so I would highly recommend if you don't have any money to make it, you know, if you want to just make something, make a short. And if you have no money, do some crowdfunding get a few bucks together and go out and make something. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can find the money otherwise faster, go for it. <laughs> but if you need it, if you need a little help, I would highly recommend crowdfunding and seed and sparks, a great platform. We use them a couple of times, uh, but there is other ones out there as well. That, that's one piece of advice. Cool. Anything from you? Dave? Yeah. Um, I guess from a, a writer, I would say just make sure that script is as great as it can be. And we mentioned that before, but, 
um, just know that that's just going to build onto the subsequent phases of the project in development, pre, principal, and post. And one stage affects the other. So it starts at the script. So just make sure it's as badass as possible. So, yeah. Cool. Well, guys, thank you again for lending so much of your time. This has been awesome. Um, there's so, 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 so much to glean from from everything that you guys have been saying. And I think, like, definitely I'm going to want to direct and listen to uh, Surefire Pod to continue. All awesome. Right. Thank cool. you so much, Zach. Yeah, is, guys. Thanks so fun, much man. for having us. Appreciate yeah. it. All right. Hey guys, just want to remind you that not only can you find the Full Frame Podcast on HMD's website, www.hmdfilms.com, but you can find us on Facebook, and most importantly, you can find us on iTunes, where we would really like if you could leave a review and subscribe. Thanks. Have a great week.